Good morning, New Life Manitou. My name is Sarah Martin, and would you stand for the scripture reading, please? Today's reading is from Romans 15, 1 through 6 in the message version. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waited right in and helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled, is the way the scripture puts it. Even if it was written in scripture long ago, you can be sure it's written for us. God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and warm personal counsel in scripture to come to characterize us, keeping us alert for whatever he will do next. May our dependably steady and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us all. Then we'll be a choir, not, only our, not our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray as we begin. Lord, we thank you that even though we've, we've committed to just spend a, a short amount of time with you here this morning for the sake of our children, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is powerful enough to do great things in a short amount of time. And so would your word dwell richly inside of us today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning. My name's Justin. I'll be talking to you guys some today from, from those verses in, in Romans and today's Family Sunday. So I thought, well, let's, let's see how some of these verses might relate to our families. Seems appropriate since that's kind of the focus of this morning. And so I want to start by um, pointing out in verse 2 in Romans 15 that it says um, that we need to look out for those that may be weaker than us. And all of us in our family, there's, there's different people that are weaker or stronger in different seasons of life, whether it's our spouse or our parents or our children or our siblings. There's always this ebb and flow of who's weaker, who's stronger, who can carry more of the load today, who can carry less of the load today. And scripture tells, tells us that those of us that are stronger need to look out for the ones that are weaker. Like, like Sarah read, it says strength is for service, not status. And we think about applying that to our family, it's, it's very applicable. Um, and, and for whichever one of us may be stronger in that day, our, our responsibility is then to serve the one that's weaker, if that's our children, our grandchildren. This idea of family comes from God. In Ephesians 3, Paul tells us that he kneels before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And so as much as some of us may not like it, family is God's idea. And there's no getting away from it. There's no getting away from these people that we call our family. We're stuck with them. And God's given them to us on purpose. Now, now not every person in here is a parent. Not every person in here is a sibling. Not every person in here is a spouse. But in some capacity, every person in here is a member of a family. So I want to look at a couple scriptures as to what the Lord might say God requires 
of families. And I've got just one point that I'll get to because really you can only get to one point in seven to 10 minutes like Joe has asked me to speak today. <laughs> Ephesians 6 is a popular scripture that lots of us have heard. Many of us have maybe even reminded our children of it. And it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your mother and your father so that it may be well with you and that you may w live long in the earth. Um, that's a great scripture when we think about our children. Sometimes I think we forget that as, as members of a family, we're all children too. That is something that we all have in common. So even at whatever age we are, this scripture still applies to us that it's a commandment from the Lord to honor our father and our mother, not just for our little ones. Verse 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we've got a commandment to our children. We've got a commandment to the fathers. There's other places in Ephesians that talk about the commandments of the husbands and the commandments of the wives. And so just going through some different scriptures that give real specific commandments for different roles in the members of a family. First Peter 3 says, Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. This is a pretty strong scripture for husbands because it's basically saying, be kind to your wives if you want God to listen to your prayers. So the Lord puts this really strong emphasis on that relationship between you and your wife before you and the Lord. Not that the, your wife is more important than the Lord, but he really wants that relationship to be strong. And so there again is another real strong commandment for husbands. You better be kind to your wife. Otherwise, this is my interpretation, the Lord may not give a rip about what you say if you're not taking care of your wife first. Now wives, don't go home and like put that on a plaque and put it on the mirror in front of your husband's side of the, the bathroom. <laughs> 1 Timothy 5 says, Honor widows who are widows indeed. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. So now this talks about children to their parents and children to their grandparents, and it says, if you're a widow and your kids and grandkids are still alive, they need to be taking care of you. They don't need to just put you off somewhere and, and let Social Security or other entitlement programs take care of you. The scripture says it's our responsibility to take care of our parents in their old age. And in doing so, God will be happy with you. So the Bible has all sorts of different instructions on how we're to treat each other in our family. These are just a few that are listed here. Um, there's, there's countless others about the different relationships and, and roles that we each play, but one thing is similar in all of the commandments. It's you must be kind to one another. You must treat your family well. Whether you love them or not, you must treat them well. That's what the Lord expects of us. Now for myself, and I imagine maybe some people in here, when we hear that idea that we must treat our family well, there may be that one family member that comes to mind that says, don't know about that one. You don't know what this person's done in my life. You don't know the pain that this person has caused or the betrayal that this person has brought to me. And while I may not know your story, I do know that I have those same stories in my life. There's pain, there's drugs, there's rehab, there's lies all throughout my family. And so I'm faced with the same choice that each of us are faced today when we look at the commandments of the Lord and we say, 
do I treat this person well or do I not? But for those of us that call Christ our king, we must learn to not let our family dominate our story. We must learn to let God dominate our story. And when God dominates our story, we can learn to be compassionate to those that may be rude and spiteful and hateful towards us. We can learn to be gracious to those in our family that are selfish and prideful and just take, take, take. You see, because when we catch the revelation that even though my earthly family may have failed me, my heavenly family, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, never have and never will, we start to learn that our heavenly family will give us tools to bless our earthly family, regardless of what they do in their life. I like the story of Joseph in the Bible. It's an amazing story of what God expects of family. See, Joseph had a bunch of brothers, and those brothers didn't like him because Joseph kind of had a big mouth. And so one day his brothers sold him into slavery. Now I had some dysfunction with my sister. I'm sure there's dysfunction with your siblings, but none of us have ever been sold into slavery. And so our lives are pretty cushy compared to what Joseph had to go through. But his brother sold him into slavery. He grew up completely apart from his family. But over the years, through many experiences and through the purposes of God, he ended up being in charge of this huge community of people. Second in command to the Pharaoh, that's like being the vice president of the country. And then one day a great famine came, there was no food in all the land, and all these tribes and people groups started coming to Egypt saying, we need your help, we need your help. And Joseph was part of the team that decided how they helped people. Well, one of those people groups was Joseph's brothers, the very people that threw him into slavery. And at that moment, Joseph had a choice, and he said, do I act and respond out of the blame and hurt I place on them for the hardships in my life? Or do I respond with grace and mercy and power because that's how the Lord responded to me? And we have that same choice when it comes to our family. Do we treat them as though they deserve or do we treat them the way that we've been treated and the way that the Lord commands us? Joseph chose the latter and that's the same expectation that the Lord has for us. So Romans 15 that we read at the beginning says, those who are strong and able in faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us because strength is for service, not status. And each of us need to look after the good of the people around us asking ourselves, how can I help? That needs to be a common theme in our homes when we gather at Thanksgiving, when we visit our siblings, when we, when we do these things, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? And what we learn from the Bible, and this is my one point that I'd like to leave you with today, what we learn throughout all of scripture that talks about family is that the ongoing quality of our relationship with God is directly linked to the ongoing quality of our relationship with our family. Another preacher I listen to puts it this way, if the people closest to you aren't benefiting from your relationship with Jesus, then you're serving the wrong king. And as we learn to bless our family, as we learn to lean on our heavenly family and draw strength from them so that we can pour into our earthly family, the rest of Romans 15 will become true in our lives. And it says, then we'll, our whole family, will be a choir, 
not our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. And for those of us that are in this room, I imagine that's one of our greatest desires when we think about our family. We want our family to be right next to us singing praises to our God. We want our family to be living a life that's honoring to the Lord. And this scripture tells us that the way that we get there is we say, how can I help? Let me serve you. Whether it's weaker physically or weaker emotionally or weaker spiritually, it doesn't matter. The Lord says, those of you that are stronger need to serve those of you that are weaker. And the outcome of that will be they will stand with you and they will sing praises with their life to our Lord and creator Jesus. So today I leave you with this. This is what I think the Lord has to say for all of us. Lean into your heavenly family so that you can bless your earthly family. And as you do, your relationship with me, the Father, will become even richer and more satisfying than you can imagine. This is what the Lord desires. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that from the beginning you existed in a family. That you didn't exist alone, that you didn't do this whole creation thing alone. That family is at the center of everything that you desire. And as we go from here today, Lord, would you, would you empower us and strengthen us to be a blessing to those around us that are maybe difficult to get along with? Would you call us to make that phone call or send that text or meet up for lunch with those that, that maybe we wouldn't normally do so, but we do it because our heavenly family is equipping us and strengthening us to be of service to those around us. And Lord, we thank you that there will be a day that every one in our family will sing praises to your name. We believe this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's thank the Lord for that encouraging word from the book of Romans. Justin, would you stand with me this morning? We're going to say a prayer together. And I know my prayer life is usually just talking to God and, and trying to listen to God. But <clears throat> it's oftentimes great to be led in prayer and to pray something in unison. And so we do this prayer just about every week as a family, as a community of God, as to prepare our hearts, our minds for communion. So if you would please say these words, pray them with me. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.